What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 31, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Bane. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Spotify. <clears throat> that joke is only good one time, I guess. Uh, you can find us on oh, Google Play Podcasts. it was Play good Podcasts. the second time, but you should probably just drop it. <laughs> <laughs> and on Spotify Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. And when you find us, uh, please give us some ratings and reviews. Uh, make them glowing because that's how that works. Uh, also, tell your friends about us, because that's also how that works. And then when they find us, they should rate and review us. Uh, and Spotify listeners, hit the little heart button uh, right there. And yeah, um, that's what you should do. And then uh, if they feel so inclined to let us know how they're feeling, Zach, how would they do that? Well, the easiest way to get a hold of us, and probably the best way to get a quick response, mm-hmm. ironically, is emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-H-E at gmail.com. I had a little hiccup there. Just just a little. Not too bad, though. No, no, not too bad. Uh, I realized that in my brain, it was just going on, and then I was like, wait, what's the next letter again? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, I'm still not over this uh, head cold thing. It's know, been like weeks. It has been weeks. Well, you should. Uh, I, I should seen just a doctor? trade in my. Nah, who needs doctors? Oh, unless it's Doctor Fraser. Am I right? Hey, oh, there you go. Uh, okay, if you don't want to email us for whatever reason, you can find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking uh, or on Facebook Walking Through the Stargate. We have a Facebook group that is mm-hmm. in existence, mm-hmm. and we have a Facebook page that is also in existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I try to not ignore it, and uh, and sometimes that works. So, yay! Uh, but well, come we had a little bit, what? A little bit of uh, Twitter action this past week. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, so I had uh, uh, there are a number of podcasts, Zach, that are doing precisely what we're doing, but we were unaware. I was unaware of them before we got started with what we're doing. Uh, one of them is, uh, uh, boy, it's just, this is like borderline like cross-promotional. And in the tweet, I said this isn't cross-promotional. And I swear it is not cross-promotional. There's another podcast out there. It's called Chevron's Locked. They just got started. They just hit the Emancipation episode. It was so much fun to listen to them tear open Emancipation. It was like... It was it was it, it just it just brought back all of those like joyous memories. Well, not the memories of actually watching the show because the episode was just a disaster. But uh, all of the <clears throat> conversation that you and I had, Zach, about how mm-hmm. just terrible of an episode that was. So I listened to that. And it was great. And so I tweeted like, you know, hey, this is really great. And uh, so they retweeted that. And all of a sudden uh, I start seeing like references to our podcast on other people's like things. So that was good. And then I checked our uh, listener numbers and they are moderately better. (laughs) 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 So we still have our core and the core is great. And thank you very much, core. Uh, And we probably picked up a few new people. Thank you, new people. Welcome. Super excited to have you here. Uh, But I was just laughing because it was, I mean, like it was the most Twitter action I think I have seen on our feed in, well, forever. And I was like, holy cow, what's the subscriber number going to look like? And it was like two. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brent, I, after you tweeted that, I actually, I don't know if you emailed it, you you texted it to me uh, because I'm not really on Twitter much. Sure. Uh, Yeah. But, uh, uh, I listened to their very first episode, and I listened to the episode about the movie, and I've started yeah. listening to, because I'm a completionist. If I'm going to do things, i got to start at the beginning. Ha, uh, that's just yes. what I have to do. So I didn't skip to uh, uh, Emancipation. I uh, just watched the movie one. I uh, listened to the movie one, and, and I hope to listen to a few more and just kind of uh, check that one out uh, at the very least. Um, and I have one comment for you, though, Brent. If you keep yeah. listening to that you are very likely going to get spoiled with things that oh, you don't know yeah. about. <clears throat> no, I uh, I was also picking that up too. Like they uh are, they make absolutely no 
uh, qualms about how they intend to be very com- uh, uh, complete about their discussion about it. You know, talking about each moment in the context of the entirety of the series. Right. And so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I popped in because I noticed that they had just got started a little while ago. And then when I had glanced at it, it was the ep- uh, emancipation episode and I was like, Oh, I've got to listen to this. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, I also am picking up that, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I intend to be listening, uh, cautiously. How about right. that? Uh, I will say Brent that we have 37 members in our walking through the Stargate Facebook group. Nice. Um, so, and we had two you know, members this week. Nice, and we are we are really closely approaching the answer to life, the universe, and everything. That's true. That mm-hmm. is quite true. You do uh, realize, Brent, that this year is my life, the universe, and everything birthday. Oh, that's right, Zach. You should be imparting all of the wisdom on us right now. I'm trying, Brent. Oh, okay. We're good. Just good. Going Thank slowly you. Slowly, because we can only watch uh, one episode at a time. Well, also, you know, these things take time, as was evidenced in the story where 42 was indeed the answer. How long did it take? It took millions of years. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to last millions of years, though. Oh, come on. I mean, give it a shot. Millions of seconds. Okay, there we go. Millions, probably of minutes. I haven't actually done the calculations. but Yeah, you know, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, hey, hey, there you go. So um, now that we have thoroughly for like the last five minutes talked about very little... Mm-hmm. Um, come and talk to us because this is what social media is all about. It's about connecting with people, about things that we love. And Brent, I love Stargate, and you are turning into somebody who loves Stargate. Maybe you're there yep. already. I hope so. Um, you don't have to answer that. You might make I, me feel bad. I, there's <laughs> so I've I'm saving I'm saving a lot for this episode. There's okay. I, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Uh, go tell us about your favorite Stargate podcasts. Tell your favorite Stargate podcasts about us. Um, and, you know, just have fun because that's what this is all about. Right, Brent? It is. That's yeah. right. All right. Yes. All right. Shall Sorry. we actually start digging into Bane? Yes, please. All right. So Bane was directed by David Worry Smith. This is his fourth of six directing credits this season. We've mm-hmm. seen him already in Prisoners and Need and Message in a Bottle. We'll see mm-hmm. him a couple more times. Um, if you want more information about David Worry Smith, you can go check out some of our previous podcasts where I talk a lot about him. Uh, however, I do want to say that his uh, most recent project, the 2019 project that he's on, is a movie uh, called Goalie. It's a biopic of the life leg- of legendary NHL goaltender Terry Sawchuk. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's Terry. It's uh, he was the first assistant director for that. And uh-huh. it must be pretty decent because IMDb gave it a rating of 7.3 out of 10. All right. So uh, cool. if you at all like uh, hockey, then go check out this biopic of the legendary NHL goaltender. Yeah. Yeah. So no uh, that's Sawchuck David Worry Smith for now. Yeah. And uh, then our teleplay for this episode of Bane is a good friend, Robert C. Cooper. We've seen him mm-hmm. all over the place, and we will continue to see him all over the place. He does become an executive producer at some point in time in the future. This is his third of four writing credits in season two. We saw mm-hmm. him. Uh, in the line of duty near the very beginning of it, and also uh, with David Worry Smith in the episode Need. Nice, um, cool. And again, if you want to know more about him, his history, go and check out uh, uh, my pre- our previous podcast. Uh, however, his most recent project, he was an executive producer for a mini series that was just released in Canada and either. Uh, has recently also been released in the U.S. or will be soon, not certain, called Unspeakable. And this is a drama that chronicles the emergence of HIV and hepatitis C in Canada in the early 80s and -hmm. the tragedy that followed when thousands were unnecessarily infected by tainted blood. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, It's an eight-episode miniseries, and this is really important for us because it 
not just is it Robert C. Cooper, but it stars tons of Stargate alums. Uh, first of all, the main, the primary star is Michael Shanks, oh, our friend Dr. Nice. Jackson. Um, also, we have Brian Markinson, who plays Lotan, Aaron Douglas, who plays Moak and Anub- Anubis's Jaffa. I think Aaron Douglas was in Battlestar Galactica as well, if that's hmm. who I think it is. I think that was Chief Tyrrell. If I'm wrong, please tell me. Uh, Paul hmm. McGillian, um, he, it's mentioned here is Carson Beckett. You haven't met him there. Uh, Paul McGillian was also in um, uh, Torment with Optanalus. He played... Uh, um, uh, shoot, the old guy's name. Oh, the old guy. Yeah, but not 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 as the old guy, but in the flashbacks when he was young. Oh, gotcha. Okay, mm, that was Paul gotcha. McGillian. Uh, yep, Lexa okay. Doig, uh, who will become Michael Shanks's wife. I don't know if she still is now, but she was at least uh, when she was on the show. Uh, Camille Sullivan, Eric Brecker, Gary Chalk, Kevin McNulty, Jay Brazo. Peter Fleming, Barkley Hope, Anna Galvin, uh, David Lewis, Haig Sutherland, <laughs> and Ger- Gerard Plunkett. Gerard Plunkett, I think, is the guy who played Tuplo from uh, The Land of Light. Uh, was he also the fish dude? I think so. Yeah. So And others. So you can clearly tell that Robert C. Cooper is uh, cross-pollinating here. Uh, yeah, no kidding. With all of that. Uh, so that is... Uh, Cooper's most recent project. Go check that yeah. out. Hmm. Uh, some of the guest actors in this episode are Taylor Rothery coming back as Janet Fraser, uh-huh. Tom McBeath as Colonel Harry Mayborn. He comes back Mayborn. in this episode. Mayborn. Uh, uh, we'll hear what you think about Mayborn later. Uh, Colleen <laughs> Renison. Renison? Uh, this is the little girl who played Allie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A. I thought she did a really good job in this episode. Um, and uh, we will actually see her again in a future episode of SG-1, but she will be playing a different character. Nice. Okay. So, those are some of the guest actors. Mm-hmm. Now, this episode was aired on September 25th, 1998, so it was about a month has gone by uh, since the previous episode. That was October ah, or okay. August something. This is about a month later. Uh, yep. Number one on the charts for September 25th in the U.S. was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. <laughs> I knew it was going to be here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That song is the worst. It is seriously. If you haven't listened to that song in a while, go ahead. Stop this. Pause it. We'll be here. Go find your favorite music player, cue the thing up, listen to the thing start to finish, and like focus on it. Just really concentrate. Don't imagine what your life was like back in the late 90s. Just listen to the song. Listen to the words. It's bad. <laughs> it is. And it was, it, was, it was a colossal hit. It's so bad. Uh, so, uh, full disclosure here, Brent. I don't remember this song. Pull and it I up and listen to it. Imagine the song in my head at all. You, 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 it is, it is, it is quintessential late 90s power ballad, man. It is Fair so, enough. oh, uh, it is everything that the 90s wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, incidentally, you know, that one song that we don't talk about anymore was oh, still yeah. number five at this point in time. Yes, The Boy yeah. Is Mine by Brandy and Monica, a month later is still hitting number five, but at least it's not number one. Yeah. So we can talk about the U.S. again. Yeah. Yeah, we can. We can. We come back to the U.S. again. Um, in the U.K., they were listening to I Want You Back by Melanie B. F.T. Messi Elliott. So like mine. Featuring. Featuring. See, yeah. I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> It, it's the irony is not lost on me that I'm the one that reads this stuff and collects this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melanie B, she was part of the Spice Girls, so this oh. must be when they're starting to break up, <clears throat> doing their own thing. I want you back, featuring Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott is a big hip hop star. Okay, and uh, hey, <laughs> somebody, somebody just went heyo right now, uh, and yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know this song in particular, which means that I'm probably going to be queuing it up at some point. Oh, and sweet. we can listen to it and jam out. Uh, I think I want you back. Your love has made a deep impact. I know it might sound wise, but damn, I think I want you back. 
Keep going. All right, the Australians were following their United States cousins and also listening to Aerosmith's "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing." So yeah. apparently, they I, were just as foolish as we were. Oh boy! So I tried to look up the Portugal charts. So if it wasn't obvious uh, last week when I like snuck in the Finland uh, uh, top forty chart reference. Yeah. Um, what I had decided to do was that as people were telling us where they were listening from, I was trying to figure out what was, what was their number one jam where they were. Yep. Uh, the earliest Portugal chart I could find was 2003. So, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to wait a little bit before I can really pull that one. Yep. Into, into um, use. And I did not look up the finished chart chart for this week. And uh, oh, we did that last week. We only, you oh, only have to do that one time. We only do. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm but, mistaken. uh, what's a, um, artificial fertilizer. What? Did you see that? What? So, like, for the first time in forever, I jumped up on our Facebook page or group or whatever, one of the two, uh-huh. and uh, whoever it was that's listening from Finland was saying, hey, you made a reference to what the band, whatever the band was, the band, you know, oh. I, you know, whatever we did last week. I can't even remember the name of the band, but apparently it translates to artificial fertilizer <laughs> <laughs> in Finnish. <laughs> okay, so this is one of the things that really frustrates me about Facebook. Is oh, yeah. that, you know, I, I pay attention to our Facebook feed. I really do. And I completely missed that. I didn't see oh. that at all. You know, part of me is kind of curious that if, if because you and I are both admins on that page, if I jump on, does it like clear out the notifications for I have, our group? I don't know. Um, which is stupid. Um but whatever. I mean, it could it it could be. I don't know. Um, but whatever. Yeah. So uh, the band uh, the band from last week with that uh, with that nice like you know kind of hard alt rock uh, sound to it uh, mm-hmm. was is was artificial fertilizer. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, well, okay. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry I missed that because that would have been totally cool to see. And uh, yeah, go back. Stupid. Facebook. It'll be there. All right. In the box office this week of September 25th, 1998, uh, Rush Hour with Jackie Chan and yeah. uh, Chris Tucker, is that right? Uh, yes, that's yep, right. Uh, was number one. Uh, this was, by the way, Jackie Chan's Hollywood breakthrough movie. Yeah. Uh, nice. Number two was Ronin. Number three, Urban mm-hmm. Legend. Number four, One True Thing. And number five, a movie that's just sticking on this top five for forever. There's something about Mary. Yep. People really love Mary. Indeed. There's just something about her. <laughs> There's something in her yep. hair. Uh, that's uh, the uh, only uh, thing I remember about that movie. That's the only thing you need to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what happened Around this day in 1998. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, on September 22nd, all of the nerds celebrated Bilbo and Frodo Baggins' birthdays. Of course. Because uh, that's what you do on September 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 23rd, the 32nd Annual Country Music Association Awards uh, was held, and Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood, and George Strait won some awards. If you want to know more <laughs> than that, you can look that up. Uh, yep. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they won something. <laughs> September 27th, a couple days after this episode aired, aired German Chancellor Helmut, Helmut Kohl's CDU slash CSU party suffers a heavy defeat in federal elections to Gerhard Schroeder's SPD party. So hmm. uh, lots of unrest in, well... Unrest might be overstating it, but there was some transition happening in uh, late September 1998 in Germany. Also on the 27th, while there was unrest in Germany, or at least transition in Germany, Brendan Fraser was getting married to actress Afton Smith in uh, Los Angeles, California. So uh, if they're still married, congratulations, you've made it uh, 21 years. I don't even know. Um, if not, well, I'm sorry. I'm also realizing Brendan Fraser is 50-something. Yep. That yep. makes me sad. Well, 
It just means they're getting old and we're getting old, Brent. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've already talked uh, about that today. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of the trivia about Bane. Uh, the water gun that Teal'c shoots Daniel with was originally supposed to be empty. This is the very last scene. But yes. they filled it without Michael Shanks' knowing uh, until he was actually squirted. So his re- reaction to that was genuine. Nice. Um, Allie's initial water gun was a Super Soaker 50. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know if you remember the Super Soakers, but they were oh, yeah. the big thing, and everybody needed the Super Soaker at yes. that point in time. Teal'c replaces it with a Super Soaker CPS 1000. Yes. And then he keeps for himself the Super Soaker CPS 1500. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, go out and get yourself a, a Super Soaker in honor keeps, of this episode. Keep, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, the location for the get, alien ghost town. smaller gun. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like, whatever. Anyway, carry on. No, no, no. It's a, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, it's see. like, you know, like, you know, she, she, she needs the superior firepower. You're a big dude. Give her the bigger gun. You know, it's not the size that counts. I suppose so. Further right. 500. It's probably, what is that, measured in milliliter? I don't know. Who knows? <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that has something to do with nothing at all. The numbers? Yeah. I was imagining it probably has something to do with the volume of water it carries. Yeah, I suppose it cares. could be. Who cares? Yeah. If you know the answer to this question or are yes. geeky enough to go and look it up and find out for yeah. us, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, the location for the alien ghost town was the Plaza of Nations Entertainment Complex that was built for Expo 86. Uh, uh-huh. This, uh, uh, is that in Vancouver? In Vancouver area. Okay. Uh, it was Montreal is sticking in my head for some reason, but all right, carry on. Well, I suppose it could have been. Um, well, I mean, but that's like different. That's like the complete opposite end of Canada. Yeah, which is why I would say it could have been, but not likely. Um, right. uh, the the location was uh, will be used again in a future episode of SG One. Uh, we can mm-hmm. talk more about that when that episode comes. Uh, now, this structure was originally intended to be temporary. And so, finally, in 2006, about seven, eight years after this episode, it was declared unsafe and torn down. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I say that like I know it, but the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago, there was a lot of that where, like, all the buildings were intended to be temporary, but they didn't, like, demo them yeah. until a long time later. Uh, like, like, many of them, like, burned down. Like, that's how, that's kind of how bad it got, but... <laughs> uh, and then we learn in this episode that Teal's Jaffa mark on his forehead was made by cutting into the skin with an Oroch knife and then pouring molten gold into the wound. And yeah. all I can say to that is, ow! Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, I have, a, I have a tattoo. Indeed. Um, and you know, it's on the side of my leg. And for the most part, it really didn't hurt that much when it got a little bit uh-huh. close to the shin bone. Uh, I felt that a little bit more, but basically I could sit there and and more or less ignore it as I was having a nice conversation with a tattoo artist. Uh, uh-huh. However, uh, you know, cutting into my skin like that and then pouring molten gold is something very, very different. And Yes, it is. <laughs> I guess I'm glad I'm not a Jaffa. <laughs> oh, you know, and so there's a part of me that's wondering how many yahoos out there tried this upon learning it like oh you know it has ooh. to be not zero right uh yeah i i uh, oh so anyway let's move anyway, on moving on uh some of the goofs um during uh that initial recon of the planet uh so this is when they're at the plaza of nations that's supposed to represent this uh empty planet where nobody lives mm-hmm. anymore uh if you're careful you can actually look in the background and see a train uh passing by and just uh, a few seconds previous to that, you can actually kind of see the, the hint of a car zip by. And a few seconds was, yeah. after that, you see this uh, yellow shirt of somebody reflected from somebody off camera on one of the pillars or something. Uh, now, I admit that I didn't actually notice any of this the first <coughs> 7,000 times that I watched this episode. Yeah. Uh, but I looked at this goof here 
uh, I knew about this before I watched it last night, and I looked intentionally for it, and sure enough, you can see it. It's not very, uh, not very long. It's very quick, but it is there, and I'm like, oh. I was in that in those sh- in those shots. I was noticed. I didn't bother to like rewind it to be like rewind. How quaint. Um, I didn't bother <laughs> to go back to to <clears throat> to, uh, to 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 confirm it, but like I I was noticing stuff. Like it was it, for a desolate planet, there just seemed to be a little bit too much movement in the shot. So yeah. So I was noticing these things, but I I couldn't have put my finger on what I was noticing. Well, there you go. Yep. Um, and uh, I think that's all I have for the goofs and such. All right. All right. Are you reading the synopsis today, or am I? I don't know. So technically, I did some editing on the synopsis, but um, part of me wants you to read it. All right. All right. I'll read it. Uh, okay. Thank you very much, Brent, for doing the edits from you the Stargate Command Wiki. Uh, life happens, and he had more time last night, and I did not. Yes. So here we go. Happy to help. SG-1 visits a world named Svorin. Uh, how they know it's named Svorin, I don't know, yeah, I don't because know. there's nobody I there. I suppose there's yeah. maybe a really big sign by the Stargate that says, Welcome to Welcome Svorin. Welcome to Svorin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's convenient. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So SG-1 visits a, named, a world named Svorin, uh, which appears to be at a technological level slightly above that of Earth. However, the city surrounding the gate seems to be completely deserted though entirely intact. After a brief recon, SG-1 stops in a plaza to discuss what might have caused the city's abandonment, but are interrupted when a giant insect lands on Teal'c. Giant insect is overstating that. Over? Under. Under. It was repulsive. Anyway. Colonel yes. Jack O'Neill moves to shoot the insect, but as he cocks the gun, Teal'c is stung. The insect flies away. Captain Samantha Carter and Jack move to treat Teal'c's wound, but Dr. Daniel Jackson insists they flee. A swarm of the bugs approaches. Yeah. <laughs> Seconds later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, no, I'm not getting into analysis. All right, Carry all right. on. Seconds later, at Stargate Command, SG-1 arrived through the gate with Sam yelling for a medical team and Jack ordering that the iris be closed. Teal'c is later examined by Dr. Janet Frazier, and he tells her terrible news. His symbiote is not healing him. Frazier soon explains to SG-1 and General Hammond that Teal'c seems to be suffering from a viral infection and that his symbiote is not able to cure it. Additionally, a blood sample shows that there is a small amount of DNA present that is not Teal'c's. Carter recommends a Dr. Timothy Harlow to be brought in to help, as he's already cleared for the Stargate program and working for the Pentagon in DNA research. Hammond orders for his arrival by the end of the day. After Harlow arrives, he conducts secondary tests on the blood sample from Teal'c and finds that it is now completely changed to the alien insect DNA. Harlow concludes that the insect's venom is converting Teal'c's DNA into its own, which will eventually transform him into one of the exotic insects. Further, the Gould symbiote is unable to reverse the pro- process, only slow it down. In the infirmary, Teal'c is suffering. He asks Jack to kill him if there is no hope for recovery, as he does not wish to become the alien insect. Shortly afterward, Colonel Harold Mayborn arrives at the Boo. SGC. Oh yeah, he's a great <laughs> character to hate. Boo! <laughs> he smells bad too. He does. Anyway, we, we, we learned this. Shortly afterward, Colonel Harold Mayborn arrives at the SGC and gives General Hammond orders to turn Teal'c over to the NID for further treatment and study if Teal'c cannot be cured. Carter then confronts Harlow, who admits it was he who informed the NID and requested their help. However, Harlow insists that there is one person, him, and one facility, his lab, that can save Teal'c. Teal'c is restrained and taken away in a van, but breaks free of his restraints in transit and escapes. <laughs> the SGC receives a distress... A dis- 
the SGC receives a distress call from the van that was transporting Teal'c. SG-1 is dispatched, and they quickly find the van crashed. Thankfully, the driver and passengers are alive. SG-1 also finds Junior, which, which Teal'c apparently removed. Harlow suggests this is because Teal'c is mentally unstable due to the change he is undergoing. The SGC begins a search, and Fraser tries to keep Teal'c's symbiote alive. Teal'c uses a two-way radio to contact Jack and tells him to call off the search. Jack asks him to give himself up so they can cure him, but Teal'c drops the radio and continues to flee. A manhunt begins, with the SGC attempting to find Teal'c before the NID can. The SGC still hopes to treat Teal'c, rightly suspicious of the NID's intentions. It is realized that Teal'c is outside the SGC's perimeter, however, and therefore outside their jurisdiction. Local police are ordered to report to the NID. Fraser has trouble keeping the symbiote alive and is unable to find a solution. Harlow then offers a new type of drug to help Teal'c, but first a sample of the insect venom is needed. Daniel Carter and O'Neill go back to Svorin. Upon their return, they accidentally brought an unwanted guest, one of the alien insects. A tense moment where the depleted SG-1 team dodges and weaves to avoid attack by the insect resolves when O'Neill lands a shot through the insect's wing. Carter sedates the bug thoroughly, and a sample is secured. Harlow studies the insect and collects some venom while SG-1 shows General Hammond video footage of the city, explaining that they found some of the city's former inhabitants, all of which were in very late stages of transforming into not an individual insect, but into swarms of them. Teal'c, meanwhile, finds his way into Colorado Springs, and after encountering a most menacing gang of street punks, yeah, because they were very, very menacing. <laughs> Can you tell that one was mine? Yes. <laughs> uh, he takes shelter in an abandoned building. He is discovered by a young girl, Allie Martin, who shares a chocolate bar with him. Tilk demands she buy him more food, and when she returns, she finds him in much worse state than when she left, as he is now covered in lesions. Allie suspects that he is wanted by the law and offers him a place to hide in the abandoned building. At the SGC, Harlow finds a drug capable of slowing the transformation, and with the assistance of a symbiote, the transformation could actually be reversed. But the ghouled symbiote is still inexplicably dying. Meanwhile, the president gives Hammond the authority to have the police report to the SGC instead of the NID. But the president does not cancel the NID's search. The NID storms the building Teal'c is hiding in, but cannot find him, thanks to Allie's apt hiding place one story up. At the SGC... That's another one of mine. That was also one of yours? Sorry. Yeah, okay. Because... Carry on. All right. At the SGC, Frazier saves the symbiote by providing it with an electrical current provided... Well, the idea provided by General... Or not General. Colonel O'Neill. Yes. Yes. Allie is made even more suspicious by the NID storming of the building, and when she returns to Teal'c, realizes he is in a much more advanced stage of the transformation process, as he is partially covered in a cocoon. Allie asks Teal'c if he wants help. He agrees, and Allie makes a call to a friend of her father who they can trust. She is eventually put through to Jack O'Neill. Teal'c is located thanks to Allie and recovers, thanks to Harlow and Fraser. Harlow makes amends for telling the NID about Teal'c's illness in the first place by destroying the samples of the alien insect in an unfortunate lab accident that he will take full responsibility for. So the NID does not gain, does not get a chance to experiment with it. Teal'c returns to the abandoned building after he is fully recovered and rewards Allie by giving her a new water blaster, a super soaker S... CPS 1000. 1000, right. Uh, and now I got to go back down to where I was and <laughs> spending time playing with her. He even sprays Daniel. The end. The end. This is when I say, so Brent. Yeah. Bane. Uh huh. What'd you think? Uh huh. 
<clears throat> so, I imagine that many people who have watched this episode are probably really curious as to where I'm going to go with this. On one hand, the story is the story. Steel, you know, Teal'c is stung by an insect. There's a problem. He goes running away. There's this like chase to find him. There's this chase for a solution. La la la. We get Mayborn that's meddling in there. We have the uh, the help of uh, of of a regular everyday citizen, et cetera, et cetera. And this feels pretty like you know, pretty run of the mill. As I was watching it, I was saying mm-hmm. to myself, "Huh, I must be really kind of getting into the show because." Um, I'm really satisfied with a little, like you know, little episode here uh, that that feels like it might be fully self-contained. Um, you know, let's have let's have some episodic fun here. Okay. Then then there is all of those moments, kind of starting in the middle, where the cheese factor <laughs> literally falls off the chart. The street punks. Did you see the hats that they were wearing? One was wearing a jaunty hat. And boy, oh boy, were they sure. They must, you know, they must be Canadian street punks because they were really nice. And, uh, you know, really respectful. And then, of course, nobody wants to hear Allie get out of here. And then, like, you know, on her next in-screen appearance, it's like, shake a shake a hair. Oh, my goodness. She's a girl. And then there is all of the, like the weird back and forth that's happening with like the little like quippy one-liners and like, you know, Mayborn like, like punching, shooting, like cart marshal, you know, like, and then like the van, like I'm getting my things mixed up, but you know, like it was just, it was just kind of falling. It just felt like it was kind of falling apart as I was in this particular spot. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm literally going to have to dock this show an entire Chevron because of these ridiculous, like, cheese moments. Like, this is, like, completely bananas. <clears throat> but then something miraculous happens, Zach. Okay. When Allie says that she's going to make a phone call to somebody that, sh- that she can trust, and it turns out to be Jack O'Neill... And she's able to call the SGC from a payphone. I was like, I have seen this. It has happened, Zach. Okay. I have witnessed the greatest television moment in my life. <laughs> this thing got so bad, it swung all the way around to brilliance. And I don't mean it was so bad, like actually like disaster. I mean, it was like flirting with this terrible, like, really? Are are you really going to go that way with the show? I mean, not the show, like in the series, but like, are you really going to go that way with the writing for this episode? Are you really going to be like, you know, uh, this really, truly, the, the, the actress who played Allie did a great job with the material and the material is kind of like lame. And she's like, you know, I'm tough. Hey, I'm streetwise. After all, my dad got shot. Oh, and by the way, my dad was a cop. Oh, you didn't see that coming, did you? And oh, by the way, my dad is friends (laughs) with Jack (laughs) O'Neill. I mean, I felt like I was watching an MST3K episode, but not in a bad way. Like, it just kept getting weird. Not weirder, but like, it just kept getting more and more like, so implausible or so like borderline plausible that it just got good again, at least for me. <laughs> and so my rating is going to be highly specific to me and how I enjoy just a pile of cheese and quite a lot of, of um, non sequitur and some in a healthy dose of really, really, are we going there with this one? Really? Like everything about it, including like, the, like this, like the penultimate scene where, um, Harlow does this does the wink wink nudge nudge I'm totally gonna ruin my career for you guys <laughs> hey oh um or like the scene just before it where uh uh I guess it was O'Neill who makes a quippy reference about how it was he that figured out how to save Junior and everybody like Frazier and Carter all share a hearty relaxed laugh Teal'c is still out there somewhere. The, the whole point of what they're doing right now is to save him. And they're all like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, that, that O'Neal. He sure is a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. And end scene. Like, it was great. 
It was great, and it shouldn't be great, but I still am adoring it, start to finish. And so, yeah, this... I, I think I've gone on uninterrupted in an excited manner for maybe several minutes just now. I haven't been paying attention. But quite obviously, I loved this. I loved it by the time I got to the end. In the middle there, I was like, really? This is what's happening here? And at the beginning, it was fine. But, oh my gosh, I totally would love to watch this episode over and again, again for a little bit of that MST3K quality, just because it was just so delightfully cheesy and not so great in places. It's a bizarre reason why, but that's where I'm at. Okay. Oh, it was wonderful. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you were started this uh, discussion. I'll use the mm-hmm. term loosely at this point in time because <laughs> I hadn't discussed anything yet. But you started. You this haven't with said a thing. word yet. <laughs> I bet a lot of people are curious as to what I'm going to think about this episode. And and uh-huh. I'll be rightly honest. I was one of those people. I'm yeah. curious as to what Brent was going to say. So uh-huh. last night, uh, after he watched it, he he texted me and he said, "What'd you say, Brent? Uh, this is I have seen the pinnacle of television or something like that." Yes. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so. Is he being serious or is, <laughs> is he being facetious? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, is he joking around? And 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 I and I didn't have time to respond, and I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want to ask that question. Oh, I wouldn't. Uh, I didn't. You know, yeah. But it was a I'm teaser. Like, I was doing that on purpose. Yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking, uh, and and of course. He had watched the episode last night before I had a chance to rewatch it this week. Yeah. Uh, so I was going off of the show notes that I had written the day before, and then the last time I watched this, which was a number of years ago. Right. And I'm like, huh, okay, what do I do with this? Um, <laughs> and I watched the episode. So there are a lot of things that are kind of fun about this episode. Yes. Um, I like how it just kind of starts off there, right? They're already on this abandoned yep. planet. Yep. Now, the way that this planet gets abandoned and all of that stuff doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, if these bugs attack other living creatures and transfer their DNA into their own, uh, and it's a ratio of 10 to 1 or 1 yeah. to 10 or however, whatever that is, um, uh they couldn't have possibly have just run into those bugs right away at this point in time, especially if if there's a few humans that are still transforming. That that, that world has got to be swarming with either tons of living bugs or a whole lot of dead carcasses after they have now eaten everything. Yes. Uh, so there's some problems there, but you know the scene looked good. Uh, you know the the location was a cool location for this. Mm-hmm. Um, that huge, that giant uh, bug dragonfly esque type of thing with the nasty stinger uh, was an amazing piece of uh, that was a good prop, prop. work. Yeah, um, it actually did look like a living bug like that. That said, uh, I think the biologists out there would complain that bugs don't get that big because bugs can't. Um, it has something to do with the exoskeleton and things and new scientists out there yeah. telling me wrong. <clears throat> but uh, also, but, uh, little 12-year-old girls don't know how to dial into the SGC either. So, you know, let's well, suspend okay. some disbelief here. I, I, I am suspending disbelief. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the fact that that stinger went through Teal'c's Kevlar was pretty impressive. Yes, it was. Um that's some pretty scary ass bugs. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it was so bad it, it was good. <laughs> oh, you know, um and as I was rewatching it, I remember one of those lines that I love, uh you get that that uh uh confrontation between Mayborn and O'Neill and Mayborn's like, you know, hitting a, a fellow officer is a court martialable offense. Yeah. And O'Neill says, "I'm not going to hit you." I'm going to shoot you. I know. And I loved that line. Oh, it was so I over the just, top. Oh, well, yeah. But but it's also exactly what you would expect Colonel O'Neill to say. Oh, yeah. It was it was not unbelievable. It was. Oh, yeah. Like um, everything about this episode, I think I think what it is, is that everything was exaggerated, uh, at least as I was taking it in. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't 
it was just exaggerated. And so therefore I was finding it really delightful and hilarious because it was well, like, seriously, even, even the, the pigeon problem. I mean, come yeah. on, if, if a pigeon is, or even if an insect, whatever it is, if it's dropping that bright yellowish green, orangey thing, yeah. uh, uh, that's a sick pigeon. <laughs> right. I mean, I know that she was being uh, either, I mean, not facetious. She was, you know, making a, uh, a reference or whatever, but still, if, uh, if your birds are dropping droppings that big, those are big birds. <laughs> and that color? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's a sick bird. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's got some problems. Um, I, but, you know, you even see there you get that, that over the top in the color and the yeah. amount. Uh, that does a, That's a good word. I hadn't actually thought about that until right now. But this whole episode does seem to just exaggerate everything just yeah. a little bit it's just a little bit just larger. a little bit um you know the uh teal pulling out junior uh yeah teal, uh, actually the, the scene when he breaks the chains i thought was really amazing he's like Click. yes <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it was great uh but you know like but there was a ton of I mean, there really were a ton of, like, things that you kind of just had to gloss over. Like, the street toughs, that was great. That was hilarious. Those kids, those kids couldn't, whatever. They were, (laughs) it was delightful. It was delightful. It was, it was awful. It was Uh, awful. That that scene, it was. It was delightful and awful at the same time. Because these, those, that gang, uh... What they looked like were just a bunch of kids in the summer hanging out yeah. on the street because yeah. that's what you do in an urban environment. You just kind of hang out and you chill. Yeah, but um, nobody, but, not even but in the late 90s, this, looked like that. No, but <laughs> they they were trying to be, uh, maybe they do in Canada. <laughs> I, okay, maybe, but I kind of, that, but that was the point. Yeah. Is that it was very obviously like, you know, the director said, we got to have a, we got to have a group of kids that look tough. Okay, let's, you know, and then they go to the well, wardrobe he, he, thing. We also needed to introduce the character of Allie in all of this. Yes. Uh, as, as this uh, young girl who... Uh, streetwise. Kind of, who is streetwise at the same time. She's just kind of like puppy-dogging around these bigger kids. Uh-huh. Um, playing in an abandoned building, which, you know, clearly she's oh, been yeah. in an abandoned building several I mean, times. Yeah. Uh, it was great. I mean, like uh, I also go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying. I also loved when when she uh, uh, she's talking about uh, how she can smell smell people, and like yeah. you know, you, you you you're a good guy. I can trust you. You you don't smell bad. And then she she turns to uh, Mayborn when she bumps into him, and he's like, "Hi, hi, little girl. I'm Colonel Mayborn. I'm <laughs> from the United States government. You know, the good guy. The good guy." <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like, I ain't seen nothing or nobody, and even if I did, I wouldn't tell you, because you smell bad. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, everything about this episode. Was everything. I know, charts. I know. It was so bad, and therefore good. It was... I was, I was enjoying... I was enjoying this episode so much. So much. Every time that I thought it couldn't get cheesier, it just one-upped it. I think that might have been it. I think that's it. By the time I got to the end of the episode, I had had so many moments where I had thought, surely they can't make this thing cheesier, and they find a way to do it. And not in a way that was, and, and, and never in a way that made me say, okay, they've crossed the line. Like, not once in this entire cheese escalation did I say to myself, they have gone too far, which is a little weird. But on the same token, I mean, maybe that's just where I was when I was watching, you know, like as in like, you know, uh, where I am as far as a viewer. I was thinking about this. If I had watched this episode when it aired in the late 90s, I would have thought this thing was a disaster, just a complete disaster because the kids were unrelatable. They weren't actually like legit. The, by the way, the guy that the kid that was the leader, he's literally credited as, quote, punk leader, unquote. <laughs> I didn't and notice like, that. I'm like, that is not punk. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, so like, you know, it, 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 if I had watched this in September of 98, it would have felt stupid. It would have been, um, I would have been too cool for it. I wouldn't have been able to enjoy it. 
Uh, but now, as a late thirties year, late thirties guy, twenty years removed from the uh, come from the context of the so, the social context of the show, or you know the social setting, um, it's it's just good fun, and it just kept getting more fun. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I got to the end of the episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was probably the most fun forty minutes of television I have spent in a long, long time. So it yeah. was it was great. So this is one of those episodes that I have gone back and forth. I've, I've watched. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this episode as mm-hmm. I've watched through, uh, especially these early seasons of Stargate. Every time a new season came out, I would start at the beginning and watch all the way through. Uh, yes, that's that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but not much of one. <laughs> and after the show finally did come out completely with all ten seasons around, I've rewatched it a few times. Now, when we get to some of the later seasons, I haven't seen those episodes quite as often. But these early seasons, I've seen them dozens of times. Sure. And that's not an exaggeration. And with this episode, this has always been one of those episodes that that has gone up and down for me. There have been times yeah. where I watch it, and I'm like, this is a good episode. This is fun. All right, let's move on. We get Meet Mayborn again. This is cool. And there are times like, oh, it's the episode where Teal gets stung by a big bee again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet... Um, but then as I was watching it last night, I was paying a little bit more attention to to things. And I was like, you know what? Uh, Allie does a pretty good job. She's the, the actress, uh, Colleen. Yes. Uh, does a really good job with that. And and uh, It wasn't uh, particularly good material, but she did a pretty good job with you it. You know, and, and the interactions between uh, uh, Carter and Frazier and Harlow and and everyone and yeah. Teal or and O'Neill being able to say, "Well, gosh, you know, if I, I would just, you know, zap it with those paddles," and they're like, "Oh, that's how we solve the problem," right. and you know, all of these things. It's just, I, I, I found myself enjoying it more last night than I had in my memory. It so much about it just worked. I was thinking about it too about how like the bad guys. Um, they were like the perfect bad guys. Harlow being the worst of them, or no, um, uh, uh, shoot. Mayborn. Thank you. Mayborn being the worst of them, uh, Harlow accurately describes as unscrupulous. That's why he's bad. That's not bad, bad. Like, he's just, like, he's got an idea in his head about what the right thing to do is, and it's over in that direction, which well, is the I mean, opposite he, direction of what the SGC wants, but it's right. not like he's, like, this morally abhorrent creature. Yeah, he's, he's, he's your standard villain. He's kind of like Quark in that regard. Yes. Uh, from Deep Space Nine. You know, yeah. he is clearly a villain. Right. As, as Quark mentions in an episode of Deep Space Nine, the villain never sees himself as the villain. The villain sees himself as the hero. Yes. And that is Mayborn, even yes. in this episode. Absolutely. And then you get Harlow, who is um, kind of complicit with the bad guy, but really, again, coming at it from a genuine position of, he thinks he's doing the right thing. And it's right. obvious. The character, you know, it's written well. Honestly, it's written well. And it was performed really well. Like, yeah, yeah. that was really good. And Harlow doesn't realize that that uh, uh, it doesn't actually cross his mind uh, what Mayborn's endgame is until sure. they're in that <sighs> van heading away. Right. And he's like, holy smokes, you don't actually want to save his life. You actually want him to change. Right. This is right. cool. Right. Um, you know, and he's, he's kind of a, a lovable idiot smart guy. In a way. In a way. But, I mean, but his, but his error uh, is understandable. It's plausible. Like, everything oh, about sure, it. Sure. I, I like, I like uh, you know, I, I didn't think about the word exaggerated until we started talking about it. But I really do kind of like that word. None of this was... Um, off the charts, unbelievable. None of this strained my suspension of disbelief. Uh, I wasn't bored at all, ever, in the entire episode. Um, I was engaged for different emotional reasons, which started off kind of like, sure, interesting story, into, wow, really? This is where we're going with this thing? That's hilarious. Into, oh my gosh, it's getting worse, you know, worse, better. It's getting cheesier. This is amazing. Can they keep this up? Oh my gosh, they do. Like, (laughs) we end with like, like, I mean, I think like the, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, I'm going to have an unfortunate lab accident um, with absolutely no consequence or, you know, like 
and I don't care about the consequences. That was hilarious. And then literally ending the episode with Allie um, <clears throat> going through the abandoned building all by herself and having having Tilk and Jackson show up like I hesitate to use the word stalkers, but they were just like, bring here we are. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and then to literally end it, to end it with the super soakers. (laughs) Oh, Oh boy. And then having, and then having Michael shakes. I didn't realize that he wasn't planned, but then like that scene where he's like flapping his shirt, right? Like everything. (laughs) Everything about that last moment. Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And not, uh, whatever. I'm glowing. I'm glowing about this episode. I I can tell. I can tell that you are. Um, This is, I had something that I was going to say, and now I forgot. And don't feel bad because, (laughs) you know, you were were doing your thing, and and I couldn't stop that. Oh. yeah. I am better because I have watched this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am noticing one thing here, Brent. Yeah. This is the first time in a while, at the very least, that we have an episode that basically we both uh, are positive about. Yes. And we're actually spending time talking about the episode and not about yes. something tangential. Did yes. you notice that? Yes. Uh, uh, no, so, I didn't quite put it together until just now, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- this is this was last night as I rewatched this episode, I, I found myself having an enjoyable experience with it. And, yes. Um, yeah. I don't think I have anything more to say. I don't either. Um, not without repeating myself. Yep. So uh, then, Brent, we've talked around to this, uh, mm-hmm. but it is that time. Yeah. Where Bane. Yeah. Out of seven chevrons. Yeah. How many chevrons does it get? I am taking liberty with the reality that this rating system indicates how I personally feel about any given episode. It is not intended to communicate that the entire world will agree with me. Not in the least. This is my rating. And because okay. I... Got to the point where at the end of the episode, I sat back in my chair and just <clears throat> just felt buoyed for a multitude of completely cheesy reasons that would only make a person like me feel as positive as I did. <laughs> Bane <laughs> of Stargate SG-1. Receives the illustrious seven oh! chevrons. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Now, at some point, we're going to go back and we're going to be like, remember that time, Brent, where you gave Bane seven chevrons? And I'm going to be like, yeah, 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 I know. I was in a special place at that time. I'm confident it, it, that I'm like probably broken divide not. And he gave it six. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, right, exactly. But it was probably of a, of a similar thing. But I got to tell you, like... It was delightful. It was delightful. It was self-contained. There's bare. I, I mean, like it was just good. It was good. I enjoyed it. I would see it again right now and laugh all over again at that guy's fedora cocked to the side with his stupid Oakley sunglasses. It was great. <laughs> Seven chevrons. Seven. So pressure's on, Zach. Yeah. So Brent gives this thing seven chevrons. He loved this is literally the maximum one can give an episode of Stargate SG1 it's out of impossible. seven chevrons. You can't go higher than seven uh, unless you can, but that's a whole nother question entirely. Mm-hmm. And now I have to sit here and think, uh, I can't give it seven chevrons, Brent. I wouldn't expect you to. No. Um, that said, uh, our conversation today does hearten me and it warms me and it makes me like this episode more than I probably ever have in my life. Uh-huh. And so with that, 
I am going to give Bane a number higher than I probably ever thought I would. <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <coughs> so <clears throat> about midway through the episode, I thought that this thing was going to be a five. And then I got to the street tufts. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was getting so bad. <coughs> Sorry. It was getting so bad that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to dock it. I, this thing's going to be a four. Oh, but then it just kept getting worse better oh it was so worse bad oh it was so good uh, anyway <laughs> so much fun so much all fun. right oh, okay brent after we take a deep yeah. breath after the gotta get uh, gotta get my head in the game again train ride the roller coaster that was bane uh-huh we look to the future and we look at the next episode and the next episode yeah. is entitled the Tokra. Mm-hmm. And this is when I ask you, Brent, tell me about the Tokra. All right. So I noticed that the name of this episode was the Tokra. It was also part one of two, right? That is correct. Yeah. So we'll talk about both parts next week. So I'm going to start talking about the Tokra. So, man... I gotta tell you about the Tokra. <laughs> you see, we when we thought that Ra died because of the explosion, man. Actually, you gotta expand your mind. You gotta see past the possibilities that exist and recognize that we're talking about the future, man. <laughs> Ra was transported to Jamaica, man. He's feeling good about where he is, and he wants to spread that goodness around. Don't you know that the path to salvation is in love, man? Not hate. Don't try to <laughs> enslave and subjugate. <laughs> Just love and liberate. Next time on SG One, Tokra. <laughs> How'd I do? Um, I'm pretty sure nobody in the SGC is going to get high on weed. <laughs> oh, but I loved it. Fine. <laughs> Okay, fine. Uh, so we're not going to have Ra coming back as a Rastafarian. N- no. Mm-mm, okay. Sorry. All right. Shall we watch the trailer for Tokra Part 1? Yeah. Let's see the real thing. All right. Are you ready? Yes. I'm hitting go now. Next on Stargate SG-1. Quickly, Jolinar. Jolinar, hurry. Carter's alien memories. I think I might have found something. Leads SG-1 in search of a powerful ally. Tokra are known for their ability to master trails. Nope. No. Good guys are bad guys. We are not gold. We should form huh? an alliance. But huh? this underground alien resistance... Oh, 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 these guys! ...is in desperate need of bodies. Why would any human volunteer to be a host for a ghoul? And if SG-1 refuses... Are we prisoners here? They won't be going home. Colonel, I need to do this. On the next Stargate huh. SG-1. All right. Okay. We're going to get the Renegades, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that the cool. Tokra part one. Of course, there is a part two, uh, which we won't get to the trailer for because we will have right. seen it. Um, but uh, don't worry. It's still there, and you can still watch it if you want. Uh, and that's it. I'm yeah. I'm babbling. So that's all right. I'm kind of excited. This is this one looks this yeah. this one feels like it's going to be advancing the uh, overall storyline, which makes me excited. Yes, yes, they will. Uh, just a quick note to all you uh, walking through the Stargate listeners out there: we need to have like a name for our listeners, Brent. Um, uh, hmm. And I don't know what that is. Maybe uh, walkers. Uh, uh, you know, that's dangerous. No, that that's that's not a good idea. Nope. Uh, maybe we call them Christophers. <laughs> Christopher Judges, Christopher the judges, the judge panel, the judges. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So whatever we, we need to call you something. <laughs> so if you help us out, you can tell us what we should call you. You can, you know, make a little uh, 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 poll on Facebook or something. There you go. Who knows? Uh, let us know what we should call our listeners. In any case, listeners, we are now about halfway through season two of yes. Stargate SG-1, which yes. means at the end of this season, we will not have any promos left. And we nope. need something. We need your help. Either to find new promos, but I don't think they exist, which makes me really, really sad. Uh, you know. Sad. Or, Brent, you suggested that, that we should have people uh, write in and and uh, give a description of the episode uh, or something. I can't even remember Nothing. now what you said specifically. Yeah. But, nah, but that I, sounds like, you know, that'd be fun too. Whatever. We need something here because after Brent says what he thinks the episode is, uh, we need something to actually, us, like, you know, lead us there to what's really happening. Because, Brent, I love you, but I, I don't think you've actually hit the mark on any of these yet. Um, no, I have not hit the mark at all. Now, I will say that, really interestingly, there have been some of yours that have hit uh, plot points of other episodes in the future. (laughs) I've Uh, watched a lot of science fiction. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In any case, we need your help. So uh, let us know. Email us. Follow us on Twitter. Tell us something on on Facebook. Uh, Do all of those fun things because that's what this is about. It's about having fun and loving something uh, that we love. Now yes. that was profound. Yeah, it's like love, man. It's love, man. Not hate, man. Hey, love. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Peace, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on our Facebook page. Like it. Uh, join our Facebook group. Yep. Do all of those things. Uh... So, anything else, Brent? Nope. This was a good one. So, with that, I am Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.